There he is. Hello, mate. Can you hear me all right? I can hear you. Hello and welcome to the Hit in the Areas podcast with me, Jamie Roberts, and my co-host, Richard Kyson. Evening, mate. You okay? Very good. Thanks, mate. So, another episode of Hit in the Areas podcast. Uh, another chance to look at a different aspect within the world of football. Um, this Today, we're going to concentrate around management uh and obviously we've got someone that you know very well rich uh from your time at ellsbury fc yeah so i'll hand over to you and you let us know a little bit more about mr steve bateman yeah um so i i sort of got to know steve when i was the under 18 manager down at ellsbury fc he was first team manager uh so we worked f- fairly closely for that year and uh i sort of got to know him quite well uh so steve you know Played professionally, um, started, you know, he, he, he had a bit of a spell at West Brom and then went to Everton, signed pro at Everton. Uh, things did work out well, so he then come back. He had a re- really successful non-league career with sort of Chesham, Slough. Um, moved into management. Again, he's, he, he's had a really good career so far. Um, again, Slough, Aylesbury FC, on to Burkhampstead, and he's now the assistant manager to Lee Bertram at Hemel Hempstead Town. Um, so this is going to be a really interesting chat, you know, just sort of talk about his non-league career and then go on to his management and how he's getting on with Lee. Yeah, good stuff. Let's get him on. Okay, so hello, Steve Bateman. Good evening. How are you? Yeah, very good. Very good in these good. strange times. Keeping well, yeah. thanks to Lee. Yeah, exactly. Uh, looks like we're sort of starting to see a roadmap out of here so not not too long i don't think hope touchwood um co-host uh richard kyson you know rich really well i could see you again yeah yeah and you um steve so what we're gonna do just obviously just, just sort of go through a bit about your playing career then then on to management and uh for those that don't know steve is currently are you joint or the assistant steve down at hamill so- this is my first spell as an assistant manager. So, okay. you know, an interesting experience because um, up to now I've like led the team that I've managed. And yeah, this is my first experience um, being the number two, but, you know, happily, I might add. So, um, good stuff. Yeah, currently assistant manager at Hemel Hempstead. Good stuff. We'll come on to that a bit later, Steve. Uh, uh, Obviously, I know a bit about your past, uh, not too much, and I'm sure there's plenty more to learn. Um, I'm right in in saying that you played for Everton as a youth. How how did that come about? Because obviously, you you know, you're born Burkhampton, I believe, uh, or or, or you're certainly from that area. How did that come about? Um, Yeah, interesting, really. Um, So, going back slightly before then, I was um, involved with West Bromwich Albion. Um, me and another lad who were uh, Berkhamstead, Hempstead based, uh, a lad called Matt Loddy. Um, they came uh, West Brom to watch us on a Sunday morning. They had a guy based in Watford who watched a lot of the, you know, the Hemel Sunday sides. We were in probably the strongest Sunday side at the time, a team called Ember Echoes that many people locally will remember going back in the day. And we got this opportunity to go up to, to West Brom. Um, I ended up going on 
a youth tour to them, thinking that I was going to, uh, I'd already been offered, if you like, an apprenticeship on the back of that. And um, literally whilst we were out in, um, in Germany, uh, change of manager, Ron Atkinson, the then manager, left and gets the Manchester United job. Uh, and we had a successful tournament coming back through Heathrow, uh, where we'd flown out of. And basically, I'd said, Look, they'll be in touch with me. Don't know what's happening now, obviously, the football club, change of management, etc. etc. And eventually, about two, three weeks later, I had a conversation with them that said, Look, we're only taking on the local Birmingham based lads who are not in digs. So there was myself and I think two others that would have been moving away from home, been put up in digs. And they said, look, they'll just monitor us and keep in touch. So it, it kind of fell through and I was I was devastated, to be honest. But then... What age were you then, sorry, Steve? What age were you then? So I would have been, I, I would have been then 15 going towards 16. Uh, used to go up and train with them during the, uh, the school holidays any time that we could. I did my work experience from school, was at West Bromwich Albion. Uh, loved it. It was all I thought I wanted to do. And, um, you know, whilst I'd been noticed locally, I always played in the county sides as a, as a player. Um, no interest from Luton or Watford, ironically, until West Brom come knocking at the door and they get wind of it. All of a sudden I'm getting invites from, from those two. But, uh, you know, my heart was set on, on West Brom. And, um, you know, I'm going back then to the Brian Robson days. And um, uh, th there were a couple of other local lads because of the connection in Watford, uh, a goalkeeper, David Carlisle, who I've known for many years and played local non-league football back down this part of the world. So a lot of connections, um, but for one reason or another, it didn't happen. And okay, I had to get over it, as you do, disappointment. Uh, at the time, so at 16, I'm playing in Hemel's first team um, when the school would allow me, because I was still in full-time education and I'd actually stayed on into the sixth form. So... Um, the Hemel Hempstead secretary was a, a, a chap called Bill McRae, hailed from Liverpool, been down here a long time, and his brother was a scout for Everton up in the northwest. And they said, look, we've got this young lad. He's playing in the first team. He's a centre-half, really, but he's playing at the moment at left-back. Um, would you come and have a look? So... I turn up for this game, not realising any of this because they kept it all quiet and I've picked up a, a knock from the weekend game. So I didn't actually play in this game that they travelled all the way down to watch me in. Absolutely. Anyway, I get an invite, say, look, OK, no worries. We've got a tournament over Easter. Come up and play in it and, um, you know, we'll take it from there. So I travel up to Liverpool, um, play in the tournament. We win it as probably we should do because it's Everton and it's a lot of the local um, under, you know, under 16 sides mm. from the area at the time. And I get awarded outstanding player uh, trophy and I'm delighted. And the next thing, um, before I know it, they're offering me 
an apprenticeship, bearing in mind I'm 16 going towards 17. And I got to 17, they'd have to offer me a contract, mm. uh, not an apprenticeship. So mm. I, well, willingly accepted the offer. I mean, it was yeah. a dream come true, you know. So literally day before, day or two before my um, 17th birthday, I sign as an apprentice, but I've only really got a year yeah. to prove myself. Um, whereas obviously everyone else would come in at 16 as it, as it was then. Mm. So off I move up to Liverpool. Um, I'm in digs with two or three other lads and, you know, that's, that's how I've, I've ended up at, at Everton um, because of Bill McRae, uh, Hemel Hempstead's secretary and, and the connection with his, his brother-in-law up in the northwest. Good stuff. How was that, you know, what was that like at Everton? Obviously moving away at the age of sort of 16, nearly 17, moving away in digs and, you know, a complete different city, complete different yeah. culture up there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say I, I, eyes wide open. I mean, I, you know, yeah. young, young kid from Burke Hampstead, um, all of a sudden he's walking the streets of Liverpool, not literally, but, you know, I grew up, I think, in my time up there um, and, you know, got my head down, worked hard, embraced it. Um, I met, you know, my wife um, of what now, 33 years um, wow. whilst I was up there. So I've still got a lot of connections up there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Burkhampstead to Liverpool is a is a hell of a hell <laughs> yes, of a jump. A and, that. <laughs> and, what was that uh, Everton side like that you were in? Was it a good side? Yeah, so I mean it's the Howard Kendall era. Mm. Um, just when times were, were starting to pick up. Um, you know, I can remember early on some 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 darker days where it was probably fair to say that Howard was not he was he was a result or so away from leaving the club. Mm. Uh, then they had a, a win against Oxford away in the League Cup and went on to get to the League Cup final. Um, ended up playing Liverpool in it, oh. so the first all Merseyside Carabao Cup as it is now these days in terms of sponsorship. But was um, it the old milk milk cup back then? Yeah, Steve? that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, you know, I can remember the, the round before that where they nearly lost at home to Chesterfield and the crowd were were baying for blood and different yeah. things. But anyway, they, they got to that final and, it, and and things went on very much from there and, you know, started to strengthen the squad. I think there were uh, a few players when I, when I signed there that were probably not Howard's players, um, and he was in the process of moving them on. But he signed, for me, he signed two players that, that changed that club overnight. Um, Andy Gray oh, and yeah. Peter Reid. Mm. Wow. Um, Peter Reid, I remember seeing him come into the training ground. Um, he was only, I think he was 28, but he looked about 42. <laughs> hair, hair all over the place. Yeah. And he, it, honestly, but he transformed that club. The two of them were the life and the soul of the dressing room. They changed it. And, you know, when you think you had players there like um, Graham Sharp, mm. uh, they signed uh, Adrian Heath. Um, 
and you know Neville Southall in goal. They're the the backbone of a very good side. Kevin Ratcliffe, um, Kevin Richardson, midfield player. We've rolled off quite a few Everton legends here. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it it was it was a great great time to be involved. And um, it's funny, I was looking back. I always wind up a few of the lads at Hemel about you know because I'm I'm the I'm the the senior figure if you like now. Yeah, yeah. The guy that I'm managing with uh, Lee Bertram, and you know they call them war stories or whatever they are. But <laughs> I've always got them. <laughs> I'm never short of them. They and, do the um, old during during the war thing. That's yeah. it. And yeah. even my even my two boys go, oh here we go, Dad. Not doing <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, it, it was a really really good time to be involved. Um, I suppose I'm, I'm just disappointed. I never really saw the final outcome of it because you know as I was going out the door if you like when it came to an end you got Gary Lineker coming in Mm. and uh you know what a difference he made to that side and they you know they won the league um Europe was curtailed because of the the high school uh tragedy and whatever and, and and all of that but you know fantastic times for me uh what a learning experience and I think it changed me from boy into into man. Really, growing up, you know, in Liverpool. Let, let's let's be honest. In those, you know, those mid eighties, early mid eighties. You know, just after some troubled times with mm-hmm. in, in the city, with you know, with all the top stiff stuff and all of that. But I never saw any of that. I just experienced what I thought was a a wonderful place, a place I'm always happy to mm-hmm. go back to and. Um, say I've got you know half my family if you like uh, mm. now uh, you know are in that part of the world and uh, I've got nothing but good you know good memories again friendships for life uh, people like the right back Gary Stevens who went on to play oh, for England yeah. Yeah. you know Gary was from Barrow you know I'm from Berkhampstead the common theme where we were both away from home we were in digs and you know he kind of took me under his wing a little bit as he moved into the first team and mm. um but the big the biggest i suppose the biggest challenge for me we played we played Tranmere uh in a testimonial and at the time the only internationals in the side were Welsh Kevin Ratcliffe and Neville Southall so Neville off went off to Wales Kevin and I came in as Kevin's deputy to play in this um, testimonial because I was kind of next in line, if you like, at that time. And Tranmere had a centre-half called Derek Mountfield. And he literally has kept Andy Gray, Graham Sharp, quiet all night in his pocket. And uh, we sign him a week later for 30 grand we paid for him from Tranmere. And what a difference he made to, to that club as well. Um, but it, it kind of pushed me a little bit further down, back down the pecking order, because all of a sudden we've got Mark Higgins, we've got Kevin Ratcliffe, the, the first choice. Um, beyond that, there's me, you know, but they didn't, you know, they, they, were, they were solid, steady. Everybody played every game in those days. Mm, yeah. Unless you're injured. No rotation back then. And all of a sudden now I've got competition from from Derek, who's who's played 
uh, you know, a good number of games for Tranmere. He's still only young. So anyway, we, we go off on a on the youth tour at the end of the season. We play together in Holland. So there's me and Derek, the two centre halves. We've got Kevin Richardson on the on the trip because he's still young enough. Gary Stevens on the trip because he's still young enough. Uh, a lad called Stuart Rimmer, striker. Ian Bishop went on mm. to play for West Ham. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and Man City, you know, uh, hell of a hell of a side. Mm. That's our, that's that's essentially our under twenty ones as yeah. it was then, and we we win this tournament. Um, we come back into uh, the start of the next season. I've you know get my head down, working really hard as 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 you would hope and expect with an opportunity like that, and uh, then. We start the reserve season and I'm playing in a team that's got Neville Southall in goal, Gary Stevens right back, me and Derek Mountfield centre half, John Bailey left back who played a lot of games for Everton. Uh, midfield's got Ian Bishop in it, it's got Peter Reid, it's got Trevor Stephen right side, Alan Irvine who's David Moyes' yeah. secretary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and up front I think there was a an ageing David Johnson and an lad called Stuart Rimmer who I mentioned a few minutes ago, who had a, who scored a lot of goals for Chester in the league, played for Watford, um, a, a, you know, a real poacher. Then we've got the Merseyside derby, first team fixture. Everton get beat 5 0. Ian Rush scores four. Um, so this reserve side that I'm playing in that's played 10 and won 10 and hasn't let a goal in all season, all of a sudden, Howard Kendall makes five or six changes on the back of that um, that 5-0 uh, defeat, uh, Trevor Stephen goes into the first team, Gary Stevens, Neville Southall replaces Jim Arnold in goal. Um, who else has gone into? Alan Irvine's back in the side. You know, Derek Mountfield gets the nod ahead of me. And that, that was really, for me, not quite the beginning of the end, but I, I was very down about it and I kind of lost my way just a little bit, maybe. Mm. Um, but, you know, when I look at the career he had, I'm looking and thinking I was that small, that small step away because at the time we only had 21 professionals mm. at the club. I mean, Chelsea today have got 48, 50 yeah. out on loan, <laughs> yeah. half of whom we've never heard of and never mm. will hear of. But that's just the modern, but we had 20, you know, really cut right back. So they, they weren't four or five centre-halves. They were just, you know, there was a young one, which was me. Mm. And Derek, we'd signed on the back of what he'd done. And, you know, to Graham Sharp and, and to Andy Gray and, and say what a career he had. So yeah, it's difficult, difficult to get my head around it. Um, did you get to make your debut? No. So I never played in the first team. The closest I think I came to it, as I said, was that, you know, stepping in for uh, Kevin Ratcliffe when him and Neville were on, mm. uh, on Wales international duty. Mm. Um, you know, I played every game, I think, that season in, in, in the Central League. And as I said, that side I described earlier, yeah. earlier on in it, it was the strength of it. Um, you know, to win 
10 on the bounce and you're mm. playing Leeds United against uh, Peter Barnes, I remember. Yeah, wow. Left winger. We play the mini derby, as we call it, at, at Anfield. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm picking up Craig Johnston. And, <laughs> and, wow. Uh, they, it's, they, it's just, and I'm, you know, unbelievable some of the players that you come up mm. against. Um, just on that, just while we're talking reserve football, do you think they should bring back the old reserve league? At that level? Yeah. 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 Listen, I, I understand the game, you know, the game has evolved, but, you know, and they're trying to focus it around younger players and, and this academy style, but... I think sometimes you've, you're forcing people to be something that they're not, they're not ever going to be, mm. um, you know, and I'm trying to be looking forward and always try to, you know, keep on top and in touch with the game as it moves, moves forward. But you can't, mm. you know, I, I look, I look at some of the football today and, and they're forcing people to play out the back mm. and yeah, they're never going to be capable of it. That's why they'll keep making the mistakes. Um, but, you know, that central league was was a, a very strong, powerful league. You know, when you look at some of the teams in it and the players in it. Mm. And those senior players that played in it, that were expecting to play in the first team, were passing on. You know, I played, like I said, I, I played... You know, some of the players I played with, if you can't learn from them, mm. you're never going to move yeah. forward. And, yeah, I mean, you uh, played with Peter Reid. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, and, and, unbelievable. And, mm. and absolutely, you know, you learn, you know, you've got to give everything and leave nothing, mm. uh, nothing behind. You know, he was 100, 100%. Andy Gray, I remember marking him in training. But, yeah. Every... Um, every Monday morning so that the youngsters, so that those that hadn't really played on the Saturday, uh, they'd have a, we'd have like a debrief game. They'd go through stuff. And for us youngsters, it was a chance to show what we were about because we're playing, you know, the first team that had just set out, set foot on the pitch the previous Saturday. They didn't beat us for, it must have been two or three months in a row. And when they did, it was one nil. We it was nil nil, or we'd nick a goal because we it was our it was our showcase to show mm. Alan mm. Kendall what we what we were all about. So I'm marking Sharp and Gray, and I'm learning. <laughs> if you can't jump for a ball, you know, and, and it was it was it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And I just remember that very one of the early days. Andy Gray is five foot ten. He's not six foot four. He's no. five foot ten, five foot eleven. I always thought he was talking. Yeah. He could jump. Yeah. And hang. You know, so you know what 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 do you put on someone that can, you know, can do that? It, all of a sudden, you know, a ball, you know, you look at the fullback, it's clipped it in your channel, you're coming across, and there came Andy Gray. Sort of <laughs> late, hung, and could hold the ball up, could get a touch on it, you know, whatever. So you 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 had to be ready for that, you had to learn. Mm. Otherwise, you know, you were not showing um, what you were capable of. But, um, yeah, good days. Very good days. I think a lot of that's evident when you see these under-23 players come through, when you see them go out and loan to a pro club. I mean, I've seen a few down at Wickham and you look at them and you think, they're just off it in terms of physicality, experience. Yeah. They're just off it. They're, they're, they're miles away from it. And 
Yeah, I think it's that's a protective... why so many fall down. Yeah, I, I totally agree, Richard. I mean, it's it it's almost like a right. This is what you've been playing. Now we're going to put you in to a more physical th- scenario, and and they're not ready for it. They're not. No. They've not experienced it. And I've seen it. I've seen it at Conference South this season. We've had we've had a couple of lads in from uh, from QPR. Who, who weren't ready? We had we've had one that was and was was exceptional. Stephen uh, Duke McKenzie, a little winger, mm. ironically a little scouser, <laughs> uh, a real character, and went back and got involved in the first team after his spell with us. We had a, a, a young centre half um, from Watford uh, early on in the season who Watford had paid Burnley, I think eighty. 80 grand for so they've obviously wow. seen something mm. there but again the physicality wanted to play in the wrong areas for us mm. um so yeah i, I mean it, it it's all well and good creating this environment where everybody's comfortable everybody can pass the ball but if you haven't got those transferable skills to to cope with the physical side of it mm. when called upon you'll you'll come up short and yeah agree you know, it's it's difficult. Um, if we just move back to your playing career now, Steve, uh, you left Everton. Did you go? Did you go to Chesham and then Slough? Is that- no, summer of summer of eighty four. Um, so my final act at Everton was to watch them beat Watford in the eighty four Cup final, and my dad and eldest brother were season ticket holders at Watford. So yeah. um, quite a quite a good way to go out. Mm. Um, <laughs> and I. Then I, I came. I came back home. Um, I had some interest from Cambridge United, John Beck, and did a bit of pre-season uh, with them. Um, trying to think what else. So at the time, uh, there was also some interest from Barnet uh, and Harrowborough and Wickham, because Wickham. If you think back then, we're in the Ismian League. Yeah. Ismian, yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyway, I I was due to go uh, and play in a game for Barnet. Uh, in the meantime, I played for Haraborough, who just won the Ismian Premier, but not got into the conference because the ground wasn't uh, up to the grading back then. So, they've won the, the equivalent of Conference South. As it as it now is, yeah. Uh, so I and they've got a friendly at Berkhampstead. So of course I'm back <laughs> in Berkhampstead, and it'd be silly not to play. So I play in that. I do, and this is quite late in pre-season um, as well, actually. Uh, and I end up playing in that, and they want to sign me. They want me to play in their first game against Windsor in the league on the Saturday. So. Yeah, I've agreed terms with them and I've done that. And so I ended up in the summer of 84 going to Haraborough, hoping to replicate and you know, win that league again and uh, get back into the conference. I could have gone also to Wrexham. Uh, Bobby Roberts, the old manager, had watched me <laughs> in a reserve fixture at Old Trafford. Late and it, which turned out, I think, to be my last Central League reserve team game for Everton. 
and I've ended up going in goal at half time. Jim Arnold's <laughs> pulled his quad. I end up going in goal, and I, I make a couple of good saves. So I wasn't sure if he was trying to. Uh, so I involved as a keeper or, or centre half. <laughs> I go to Wrexham, I meet him, but honestly, what they were offering me in what was then the old fourth division, I thought I can't, I can't live on that. Um, so I come back home and let's see, you know, because most of, like I say, I, f- I flirted with Watford and Luton. Mm. Um, I did have a conversation with Graham Taylor, who was very, you know. Terrific guy, um, but nothing really come of it. It was more, I didn't feel any warmth in terms of they didn't know that much about me still, right. not from the local area. So I ended up, I, 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 I say, drift into, into non-league football and there starts another journey. So Haraborough, 84 to 89, 330 games. Oh, as a wow. young centre-half, learning, on the job, yes, mm. really. Did you win the conference again? Did you win? No, sorry, the Esmin. Did you win that? No, no. We, I mean, we were top six. Uh, we had one season we flirted, I think, with relegation, but never really going to go down. Uh, mm. But I, I think I probably grew up again as you know, in, ter- in non league terms, mm. played with and against some, some real characters um, of non league. Um, and then uh, I moved to Chesham in October 89 um, to, I guess, be part of what was a a very big project. Uh, the chairman, Tony Applin, uh, had taken over the club and had real ambitions to get it to the conference and was funding it, developing it, improving it. And, you know... Uh, I, I think I think they paid something like fifteen grand for me, which was a, a wow. few back in the day. But yeah. you know, especially non-league. Yeah, uh, the club, the club um, were known to be spending money. So of course, you know, what might have been five k became ten k mm. became. Well, hang on, we know you want him. What are you going to pay for him kind of scenario? And we had a few of those, but we signed some very good players. Um, in 1991, we got, and this was, bear in mind, this was an Isthmian Premier. This was Division One. So I'd taken a step back to hopefully move forward. We won the Division One title in 1991, as well as the, the League Cup. Uh, and then 92-93, we won the Isthmian Premier with wow. um, a fan- fantastic group of players, um, many of whom I still speak to and are in touch with today. Um, I always remember our coach, Alan Randall, uh, saying to us, you, you boys don't, you, you don't actually realise what you've got here. Um, and it, it will probably be in years to come that you'll fully appreciate just how good the group is, uh, how together you are. And, and he was right, um, you know, absolutely. Uh, I never experienced anything else again like it. I won plenty of things, thankfully. But that, that time at Chesham, 92, 93 side was, was special. You know, I can remember us, um, you know, we beat Stevenage 7-0 in a league game. 
we went to Boreham Wood in an FA Cup game and he, he rested 90% of the side. And I remember saying to one of their officials, um, just as we'd nicked a draw 2-2 in, the, in, in stoppage time, I said, you don't realise what an opportunity you've missed. Mm. You know, you'll have a different side out against you on Tuesday. And he was saying to me, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, yeah that whole thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We turn up on Tuesday and we beat them 9-1. And uh, I, I deliberately, as I'm coming up the steps back into the Chesham um, place, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, seeking him out. And uh, he said, "Crikey, yeah, you, you weren't, you weren't wrong." <laughs> but, you know, that wasn't that wasn't us being big-headed or anything like that. We, we had a really good group, really good, you know, really good side. Um, to say what uh, happened then because obviously you went on to Slough right yeah so as as we we'd, we'd, we'd all but won the lead and we're in the change room graze away and the chairman come in to us before the game and he said look that's he said um, we're going to win we are you know we've all but won the lead uh, he said but I'm telling you now I want you to hear it from me we won't be seeking promotion to the conference because I've been in discussions with Chiltern District Council for two years, as you know, and he said they're not willing to put their hand in any pockets to help us in any shape or form. Um, and, you know, I want you to hear it from me. He said, I can't, you know, I've, I've invested, I can't know what he said, it was, mm. but it was, it was a lot of money into the playing side, the infrastructure, you know, sports science. I mean, we were probably some of the non-league pioneers of it. He said, but, you know, I need, you know, I'm willing to do it in partnership with them, but it can't be all my own money with what I've invested. You know, it was at a time where um, he was involved in the motor industry and in uh, media and marketing, um, a lot to do with some of the Vauxhall stuff that was going on at the time. Um, but he said, I can't, can't do it on my own and they're not interested. Mm. Uh, so, you know, we as a group, we said that we can't take our eye off the ball here. We won the, the last two or three remaining games, and and um, I I just thought that's, that's fine. I don't I don't I don't need to be playing in the conference. I don't want to be playing, you know, moving north of or playing north of Watford Gap every week uh, from a football. But then, so we we carried on for the next season. Uh, Stevenage were emerging, for sure. And, um, you know, in terms of their ground facilities and, and the, the strength of the side. And, you know, I ended up, you know, we had a, well, I don't know, I think, I think we finished fourth or something like that the following season. And I thought, you know what? I do want to play in that conference. Slough had been, um, Slough had been relegated, I think. Um, and I get the opportunity to, uh, to sign for them. The two ex Marlowe managers, uh, Dave Russell, Laurie Craker, had taken over after the manager had moved on. And they basically signed what they consider the, you know, the strongest players to get them uh, out of that division. So we finished runners-up to Enfield, a good Enfield side. But Enfield were experiencing their own troubles, couldn't go up. Mm. Um, so Slough were, were I think promoted on the back of that so we're, we're in the conference 
Um, and, you know, I'm so glad I did it in, in the sense of, you know, for all the trying to convince myself I didn't want to play at that level, that was all against, you know, all of my principles, I think, for the, you know, my playing days uh, and, and certainly I've carried forward into management, you know, be the best you can, play the highest level you can. You know, money, yes, it, it's a factor, but it's not the overriding factor. And, yeah, um, yeah. you know, I always look at it and say, you know, the, the, the better you do, those rewards will come along. They won't, you know, you won't go through a career, a successful career without experiencing, you know, the rewards that you would expect to come. Um, are you going to get it on day one? No. Are you going to get it somewhere along the line? Absolutely. Um, if you keep doing well, people won't ignore you and you know, you'll, you'll find that eventually. Um, mm. Obviously, these days, an agent will will, will dictate that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, that, that was that was back in the day. So, yeah, off I, I've gone to Slough on him. We don't make such a good start to the season. I think there's a change. Uh, Dave and Laurie uh, stepped down and Brian McDermott, who was running the Slough's uh, football in the community, uh, project at the time uh, steps up to be first team manager. Um, obviously, what a career he went yeah. into. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say at it's like, yeah. he's at Arsenal now, isn't he? Is he back at Arsenal? I think I think he is. Rich, um, I've, I haven't spoken to him in a, in a little while. Mm. Um, the last time he's I a, spoke it was a while ago now, actually. But you know, love, he, lovely bloke. Yeah, I've met him once. Yeah, nice guy. Brilliant coach. I mean, mm. for me, noticeably, very, very, very good coach. I mean, he, you know, I'd been out the side. I'd had a little bit of back trouble, and it's probably the only real injury I'd suffered in my career. And ironically, caused by me lifting my then young son out of the uh, the mm. cot by the side of the bed without getting up and picking him up. I mm. middle of the night. I've leant over and tore all my back muscles and took me a little while to um to recover from it um but the first thing brian did is put me straight back in the side and you know i played for him and um yeah it was uh, a real positive experience say conference football mm. um i'm glad that i can look at uh, look back and say yeah i i I did that. And then, of course, I'm getting to that more senior stage, really, where do I want to be now travelling? I mean, done it. Yeah, I've got I've got a young son with ambitions of another one. Um, do I need to be going, say, north of Watford Gap for football? Um, <laughs> no. So I then move on uh, to Hendon as a player. Um, again, different chapter. Uh, a different um, concept in terms of the manager had a lot of experience. And by that, I mean lads that were north of 30. Mm. with some good youngsters as well, but he had a, a very experienced core. And we, uh, I think we finished high, Hendon's highest position for a long time. Yeah, in the top, the top three. And we had two or three very good FA Cup runs. Um, 
going to say Hendon always used to do well in the FA Cup, yeah. didn't they? They were, yeah. yeah, they were always a big non-league side in that. Yeah, I mean, we had, I mean, Frank Murphy was the manager who played for Barnet as a character, uh, publican by trade, <laughs> the old typical ex-pro footballer drifted yeah. into non-league and all of that. But you know, he'd be stood on the side with cigarette in mouth and brilliant, a real. <laughs> A real, you know, proper non-league, uh, but yeah. loved his fun. You know, he, he joining the train. He's still still a good player. Just coming to his sort of end of his not not long past the end of his playing days. But you know, he 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 loved nothing more than joining in the. You know, if we were doing some finishing in uh, uh, in the training session, and he chipped the goalkeeper and run down the tunnel as if to. <laughs> Say, hey, son, I've got your number. But mm. um, yeah, real character, and um, we say we had a lot, lot of joy. I can remember, and I often I tell this story as one of my war stories. We 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 we've drawn uh, Notts County at home uh, in the I think it was the first round proper, and managed by a certain Sam Allardyce. Wow. And uh, I rattled the post in 89 plus minutes with a header. The game finishes nil-nil. And I often wonder what might have happened mm. uh, to him yeah. had that header gone in. Because mm. um, it usually doesn't it lose to a non-league side. Mm. It's, it's not always a good ending, is it? So no. um, we lost the replay up there 3-1. Having gone up there, gone out, warmed up, the fog came down on the back of the river between the two mm. grounds, the forest and That's it, yeah. and uh, we had to Trent, jump jump in the shower, go home, and come back another week later and do it all again. At which point they we just ran out of legs, fitness. Mm. They scored two goals in the last ten minutes, and we lost three one. But mm. you know, up until then we were in the game. Um, the other cup run we had was we beat Orient at late uh, uh, Brisbane Road. Brisbane Road. Barry Hearn, chairman. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. What, what a result, honestly. So we've we've played them at home on the Saturday. We've drawn two all, and it's like the Alamo. Graham Pohl, refereeing, you know, who I'd had some previous history <laughs> with. Local um, lad as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tring. Tring-based, um, he sent me off at Wickham um, when he was he was probably younger than me and I was only 20, I would only have been 23, 24 then. He sent me off uh, and he got the wrong man, basically. And I'd <laughs> never let him. I'd oh, where's let him. <laughs> the two of us, two of us gone through the back of a, I don't know if, you remember your Wickham players back in the day, Declan Link, Mark West up front. Yeah. Westy. Westy, obviously, still a good mate of mine. Uh, yeah, I bet. With him later at, at Slough as well. But yeah, brilliant. Um, so, of course, I never let Graham forget that. And he walks into the ground at Hendon and he's, you know, he was quite a loud character at, at the best of times. You, if he was if he was somewhere, you knew he was there. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and uh he said, I know what you're going to say to me, Bateman. He said, 
he said, but I'm going to get you today. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Three minutes in, uh, the little lad they have up front, the nine who scored a lot of goals for Orient, he's pulled someone's shirt back in the in the area as we're defending the corner and he hasn't given it, Graham, and, he, and they get off to a flyer with one nil down. But we end up drawing the game to all. Um, and we go over there and Barry Hearn, we're looking at their programme notes. Oh, you know, anyone that plays on that pitch, because it was it was wet and boggy that day, that was for sure. And uh, he said, hey, when they get to Brisbane Road, they won't get... They won't get near us, blah, 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 and all that. And that's, you know, we didn't need too much firing up anyway. We beat them 1-0 over there. And um, lad who scores the winner, Junior Lewis. Who, oh. Yeah, Junior Lewis, yeah. Junior. So, had a good career um, following Peter Taylor round in, mm. in many respects, playing and, yeah. and managing. And he was recently with Darren at, that's uh, it. Yeah. at Barney. So, because... Yeah. We had a, um, we were over there watching uh, some of our opposition last year in the trophy. So yeah, all good lads, and he, he you know, he, he got a move pretty much on the back of that, scoring the winner, you know, back of the newspapers, and it was it was great, great, great time for the club. But yeah, another another that was probably for me the the latter stages of the of the playing. Yeah side of it really flirted with you know Hemel and Tring towards the end but mm. I hadn't done pre-season and my body was sort of telling me I don't know I played probably 900 to a thousand games over 15 wow. 16 years 60 games plus a season never mm. very rarely injured apart from the back troubles that I had you know still got my original knees you know all of that stuff I was very fortunate mm. didn't give too many referees the satisfaction of sending me off. You know, I was well disciplined. I could, I could wait till the next game or the game after to for, for retribution if if I needed <laughs> yeah. to, um, rather than dish it out there and then and pay the consequences of it. But just before yeah, we move on to management, Steve, uh, I just want to know where did you think um, you played your best football? Where were you happiest? Um, Cheshire, Cheshire United for sure. Uh, I had a partnership with a fella called Mickey Barnes, six foot five. Uh, he was the fighter and I was the lover, we used to say. But <laughs> we'd do each. And, and it's funny, you, you, have, you have those situations. We'd turn up and, at a game and he might not be feeling 100% and I'd do that little bit more for him. Mm. And then I might have had a bad night, you know, with the, with the, with the kids or been up all night yeah. or something like that or whatever. And I'd turn up and he'd do the same for me. And... You know, it's just just there. It was a partnership, but those lads that we had, let's say, a lot of them are still good personal friends. Some I've worked with, you know, in football elsewhere. But you know, when we get together, is it, it, it's great. And mm. you know, it's a club close to my heart. Who you know, I went on to manage as well. So um, yeah, fantastic days. Certainly, some of the best stuff I played. I, I feel was was there. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's a great place to end part one, Rich. In part two, we'll talk to Steve about his management career, his very successful management career. So we'll see you on the next episode of the Hitting the Areas podcast.